0: Thank you, brother. Well, what an honor it is to be here tonight, and I want to uh, say very honestly and sincerely that I have always had and still maintain the highest respect for your pastor, and uh, also of course for Brother Tyler, and for this great church, and what an honor it is to be here to have a part in liberty this year, and I'm looking forward to tomorrow night. I hope you come, and we'll have a good time together. I, uh, I still love America. How many of you love America? Say amen. I am unapologetically an ardent American. I love our country. I'm actually a first-generation American. My father grew up in Norway. He was an immigrant to this country and came in 1917. That's uh, My mother-in-law was only in her early 40s then. And... Uh, <laughs> It's okay, she can't hear me anyway. It's, it's But when my father came to America, you know, there are, there are a lot of stories about immigrants, and everybody has one, but probably my favorite story had to be the time he told me when he and his brother first were coming across the North Sea. Now, remember, 1917, World War I was going on at its height. And the German U-boats were torpedoing everything that was suspected of carrying weapons. And he came on the good ship Christiana, sailing out of Oslo, and came to America in 1917. And one night, he and his brother, Rydar, or Roy, you'd say in English, they found a lantern. And they were out shining it on the water late at night. They were running a blackout across the North Sea. And his mother found him, fortunately, and she said, what are you boys doing? And he said, we want to see some of those German U-boats, you know. <laughs> fortunately, they didn't, although it is kind of ironic, that same ship was torpedoed on the way home. And uh, didn't make it back. Well, it made it here, though, that's for sure. When he sailed into New York Harbor, of course, he didn't speak English. So I'm going to tell you in English what, what transpired he didn't speak any English, and of course their accents were very thick. Even, even when he was an old man up in his 90s, he says, this one thing I've always been proud of, we got no accent, no more. Left it all in the old country, yeah, sure. yeah. And he really didn't think he had an accent. He had a, he had a speech therapist try to help him after he had a stroke in his 90s, and I told her, good luck with that. That's not going to work. But anyway, when he was coming across into New York Harbor, He uh, said he was standing on the deck of the ship with his mother. His brother and little sister were down below. His father was already here. had been here a couple years. And they sailed into New York Harbor. Of course, they're coming through Ellis Island. And he saw the Statue of Liberty for the first time. And he looked at that and he says, Mama, what's, what's that there? And she said, that's the Statue of Liberty. And he said, now all of 13 years old, he says, what is liberty? And she said, it means there isn't any king. And he said, if there's no king, who's going to tell us what to do? And she said, thought for a moment, and she said, nobody but God and Papa. Amen. Boys love that. Always love that. And you know, he, uh, he loved his, his country. He uh, became an American citizen the proudest day of his life. He had heard that they were gonna question him about the Constitution, so he memorized it. The entire thing, all of the articles, everything, he knew it all, and boy, I tell you, he was so proud the day he became a citizen of this country. He said to me, I don't know how many times, in America, you can be whatever you want to be. You can do what you want to do, you you gotta work hard, but you can be something. And that's what makes me so proud to be an American. And you know, as a Christian, I want to say also, you can be whatever you want to be. You can be just as close to the Lord as you want to get. Have you ever wondered why it was the Apostle John was the one who always leaned on Jesus breast at supper? Even Peter said, ask him who it is when Jesus said, one of you shall betray me. Why was the Apostle John the one that was so close? Because, my friend, he chose to be. And you and I, we can be just as close to Christ as we want to be. I'd like you to go to this text with me in Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, and I'll try not to take too much ni- time tonight, and I will fail miserably. But uh, Luke chapter 9, there's a verse of Scripture that has intrigued me for years. Luke chapter 9 and verse 23. Jesus was speaking. And he said to them all, if any man will come after me. Now look at that word will. You know, that signifies a choice that you and I are going to make. Shall means it's going to happen. doesn't matter who does what. But when it's will, It's something we choose. And he said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. The title of my message tonight is It Doesn't Matter. Kind of like Libby was singing a minute ago. If you want to follow the Lord, you can. If you want to follow the Lord closely, you can. If you want to be the most consecrated person that has ever been in Fellowship Baptist Church, you can be that person. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter, number one, where you came from. You know, I'm... I'm intrigued by the excuses that you and I come up with sometimes for not giving the Lord everything we have. And there are some people that think, I would like to serve the Lord with all my heart, but you see, I don't have a very good background. Sometimes people use that excuse. You know, I wasn't raised in church. Well, hey, I wasn't either. When I was 18 years old, I was 18 years old before I held a Bible in my hand and was able to... uh, to have my very own Bible. Diane bought me the first one I ever had. And uh, that Bible, I couldn't have found the book of Genesis. I had no idea that that was even in the Bible. And uh, you talk about ignorant. I can remember my mother used to say to me, actually my dad used to say to me even more often, son, how did you accumulate such a great degree of ignorance in such a short time? (laughs) It takes work. But you can do it. You can do it. (laughs) Background means really very little in the economy of God. Look with me in the book of Judges. There's a passage of scripture there that kind of illustrates what I'm talking about. Judges chapter number 11. Judges chapter number 11. And I'll just read two verses. First of all, verse 1, where the Bible says, Now Jephthah the Gileadite was a mighty man of valor, and he was the son of an harlot. And Gilead begat Jephthah. Then in verse number 6, the Bible says, And they said unto Jephthah, Come and be our captain, that we may fight with the children of Ammon. Here was a man that had probably the worst beginning that I can think of anybody having in the scripture. And yet he became a mighty man of valor and captain of the hosts of Israel. He was able to do what he wanted to do because God enabled him. And you know, God won't do it for you. God will never do it for you. He will do it with you. He will do it through you. You can be whatever you want to be for God. I have a belief. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 explains it. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and in verses 26 through 31, the Bible says this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world, to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world, and things which are despised, hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not, to bring to naught things that are. That no flesh should glory in His presence, but of Him are ye in Christ Jesus. Who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That according as it is written, he that glorieth. Oh, let him glory in the Lord. Uh, You and I, we may not have a whole lot according to a background. But that doesn't matter. You may not have been raised in church. You may be a person that comes from a terrible background. doesn't matter. You can serve the Lord. You may have been reared in church. You may have been in church since your first memory. Praise God. You can serve the Lord. It doesn't matter where you came from. And secondly, it doesn't matter what you have. There's so many people that come up with excuses for not serving God. Oh, let's, I'm a Baptist preacher. I've got to talk about it. Let's talk about finances for just a minute. I can't afford to tithe. That's what some people say. I just can't afford to tithe. I, I just, you don't understand what it's like in the real world, preacher. I can't afford to tithe. Hey, Brother Prater, we didn't come from an ice cream factory, did we? No. no. We know what it's like in the real world. And we know you can't afford not to tithe. Some people say, I can't afford the time that it takes to, to serve the Lord. I cannot. I, you just don't understand my schedule. Let's see. I wonder who the busiest person here is. I'll bet you whoever it is, they've got 20 off, 24 hours in the day, same as the rest of us. And you can afford it. It depends on what you want to afford. You know, it doesn't matter what you have. Some people think I've got my schedule or I've got. I've got my finances all planned out. I remember talking to a guy in Sunray, Texas when I pastored there. He said, we're on fixed incomes. We can't give to missions. You don't understand. And I tried to explain to him, no, you're the one that doesn't understand. You give and it'll be given to you. Shaken down, pressed together and running over. You just have to have the the faith and the courage to give. In Luke chapter 5, Here's another intriguing verse of scripture or two that has to do with this very subject. Now, I don't know if you've ever ever quite looked at it in this light, but in verses 27 and 28, the Bible says, and after these things he went forth, talking about Jesus, of course, and saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of custom, and he said unto him, follow me. And verse 28 says, and he left all, rose up, and followed him. It doesn't matter what you have. What matters is what you're willing to do with what you have. And if you will give up your plans, if you need to, if you will give up some possessions, if you will give up anything God wants you to give up, and God doesn't want you to be poor, not at all. God provides for his own. See, the Bible still says, but seek you first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things shall be added unto you. So you can serve the Lord. It doesn't matter where you come from. You can serve the Lord. It doesn't matter what you have. And uh, you can serve the Lord. It doesn't matter what you know. I've already told you, by educational level, which was not real high, especially concerning spiritual things. But the Lord seems to take care of those things. All we have to do is be willing to be used. Again, in the book of Acts, chapter 4, the Bible says in verse 13, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them, that they had been with Jesus. You see, that's what makes the difference. That's what makes the difference. Now, I'm certainly not anti-education. I think, pers- think education is a great thing. Uh, I think education, all that you want to get is fine. My son, he got as many degrees as a thermometer. He's still not got a whole lot of common sense, but, <laughs> but uh, he got three degrees now. And he he just, he says, I'm going to use that GI Bill for something. So he kept going back to school. I hope he finally mastered colors and numbers and those hard (laughs) things like that. The Lord will educate you. You know, don't, don't try to give him the excuse, Lord, I just, I'm just not educated enough in the Bible. Then learn. Sometimes people say, you know, you preachers go so fast. By the time you get to a scripture, I'm still turning through the Bible to find it. Well, that's a way to learn. Keep on trying. Now, remember what I told you? I didn't know where the book of Genesis was. And it took me a long, long time to learn how to use my Bible. But oh, what a blessing that is. And the Bible does say, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's what we've got to do. Because all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, that is to say, complete as a perfect circle it is a complete circle, truly furnished inside and out unto every good work. Doesn't matter what you know. You just have to be willing to learn and follow the Lord. And it really doesn't matter what you've done. man visited our church in uh, Yukon. And I went to see him and he said, Preacher, I'd like to join the church, but I'm not, uh, I, I, I can't. I said, why can't you? He said, I, uh, I was in the service Were you ever in the service? I said, no, my son was, but I I was never in the service. He said, we had to do some some awful things. Here he was, a a grown man, and he broke down and he cried. And I said, all I can tell you is that the Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all unrighteousness. He said, but you don't know what I've done. And I said, no, I don't, but I do know this, Abraham was a liar. I do know Moses was a murderer. I do know Rahab was a harlot. And I do know that God cleansed them and that he'll cleanse you. You see, it doesn't matter what you've done. God is uh, willing and ready and able to cleanse you. In Isaiah chapter 6, probably one of my very favorite Bible stories has to do with cleansing. Now here's old Isaiah. You know, do you tend to think of the Bible characters as being, you know, real superheroes and super Christians? They're just folk like you and me. Amen. There's nothing special about them. Right. Peter was an old cussing fisherman. Thomas. He doubted anything was going to happen. And here was Isaiah. He also had a problem with his language. Now, as Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1, the Bible says, "In In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphim's. Each one had six wings, with twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Smoke, of course, in that sense, always speaks of holiness. Then said I, Woe is me. For I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Boy, I can identify with Isaiah. I can remember the time when, boy, when I first came into Fellowship Baptist Church. Many, many years ago. 1969. July I believe could have been August just about this time and I was uh, I was about as uncomfortable as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs I'll tell you what oh man but everybody was so kind and everybody was so nice and everybody made me feel so welcome that I, I sat down and I listened to the word well it wasn't very long and I realized what a miserable, wretched sinner I was. Oh, I still remember the day. Do you remember the day when you were cleansed? Do you remember the day you came to Christ? Oh, what a day that was. Oh, man, I remember, I remember the day that I, I gave my heart to Christ. I opened my mouth and presumptuously said, Lord, would you save me also? Oh, he did. What a day that was. The Spirit of God not only filled my heart, He cleansed me of all that sin and iniquity. It was kind of like happened to Isaiah here. The Bible says, Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, in verse 6, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And of course, fire and coal always speaks of judgment. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity... That lack of righteousness is taken away, and thy sin is purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I'll bet you old Isaiah couldn't hardly believe his own voice when he said, Here am I. Send me Because I'm ready now, Lord. I'm ready to follow you. You No, I haven't been what I ought to be. I've done some things I shouldn't have done. I've done some horrible things. But Lord, you forgave me. Lord, you cleansed me. Now I'm ready to go. (laughs) Remember the story of the prodigal son? You know, sometimes there's folks that have even experienced that cleansing that God gives. Who very selfishly and very sensually turned their back on the Lord. I did that for a time and stopped serving him. Oh, I remember that day. I'd been out of church a long time. And I came into church one Sunday morning and I, I tried to get a seat in the back. And as the service was getting ready to start, I prayed and I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. Lord, if you'll just let me come home. If you'll just let me sit here, I won't make any trouble. I won't ever say anything. I will never put myself forward if you just let me come home. Why, Lord, I'll be so happy. It was like the story of the prodigal son. Lord said, get this boy some shoes for his feet. Come here now, put a ring on his hand. Get the best robe, put it on him. Let's, let's kill that fatted calf. Let's eat, and drink, and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Oh, I'll tell you what. You may have done some things even after salvation. And you say, I, "I I just can't serve the Lord. He would never let me serve him. Oh, you are so wrong. God seeks for folks like you and me to serve him. Because as he told Paul, and and I know this isn't the exact application of what he said, but but the principle is still true. He said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. You take your weakness, my weakness, you couple it with God's strength, and you've got something that will work. So it doesn't matter where you come from. Doesn't matter what you have. Really doesn't matter what you know. And it really doesn't matter what you've done. Just obey the exhortation of the Lord and come to Him and be clean. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But what does matter is who you know. You've got to know the Lord, of course. In the book of Mark, chapter 1, Matthew and Mark, chapter 1. There's a wonderful verse of Scripture, verse number 17. And I've always loved this. Jesus said unto them, Come ye after me, and I will make you to become fishers of men. You see, God doesn't just demand that you do something, he says, you follow me and I'll show you how it's done. Now, our son was in the United States Marine Corps for six years. He was in for four years active duty, and then he was supposed to be on two years in active duty. But then 9-11 happened, and he was recalled to active duty. Spent most of that six years overseas. And I remember him telling me the good thing about the Marine Corps he said, they ask you to do things that are impossible. But they always show you that it can be done first. They never tell you to do something that they can't do. He said, when he was in boot camp, they had this big old rope you had to climb. And he said, I, I didn't think I could do that. And he said, then they got this guy out there that took two ropes Stuck his feet straight out and climbed to the top, just hand over hand. In fact, if somebody, Brother Prater, you know who it is. His name was Laroque Binford. He was here in Liberty once. It was uh, the Marine Corps wrestling team. Boy, they show you it can be done. Well, the Lord will do that. He doesn't just tell you to be a soul winner. He'll show you how. He just doesn't tell you to be a successful Christian. He'll show you how. He doesn't just tell you to have a life of victory. He'll show you how it's done. You just got to get close to Him. All right, so how do you get close to the Lord? You just try. All you have to do is, is open a relationship with Him. If you're here and you're not saved, call Him on His name. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're saved, just ask Him for forgiveness and cleansing. Give him your heart. Say, Lord, I'm ready to serve you. And there'll never be any holding you back after that time. I found that the only thing that holds us back from being what God wants us to be is us. If it weren't for that man in the mirror, I wouldn't have any enemies that hold me down. But truly, the scripture says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Are you ready to follow the Lord? You can. The Bible says, now listen to this emphasis, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. May we bow for a word of prayer tonight.